This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Rechte Neckfahne mit dem linken Fuß. Bringt den Ball auf den zweiten Pfosten. Tische! Tor! 1-0 für den VfL Bochum! Da draußen ist der Ball frei! Und jetzt ist er drin! Jetzt ist er drin! Und hier ist Potzen, macht das Tor! Welcome to the latest edition of the Svada Bundesliga podcast, your home for all things German second division. A place where the goals are on tap, the atmosphere is fantastic, and the drama is captivating. Everything that is about the Svada Bundesliga, pretty much is fantastic and this is why we do the podcast every single week um, and it's no different this week we've got plenty on the agenda we'll be chatting um, about match day 15 reviewing all the action from the nine games from the past weekend look forward to all the action coming up on match day 16 and of course answer your topic questions to help me uh, sail through the choppy waters of the the, the season of the Spider Bundesliga is the English head of press at Valfeld Borkham, Gabriel Raiders. Gabriel, uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, again, I can't believe you're not sick of me yet. Oh, never, 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 <laughs> never, never. Not at all. It's uh, it must be not something. The, must be something in the water at Borkham because we keep bringing <laughs> Borkham related uh, people back. But um, not always good to have you on, and we've got plenty to discuss. And without further ado, we will kick. Uh, the action off. We start at the Voigt Arena in Heidenheim as they hosted Greta Furt. Uh, this was a 1-0 win for the hosts. Uh, Tim Kleinitz's goal uh, was the difference. However, there was plenty, of course. VAR was very prevalent in the match day and, and in a few games we'll talk about it in more depth. Um, but uh, yeah, a goal was disallowed in this game. Let it also not be mentioned that uh, Maximilian Vitek missed a penalty. Um, but a, a good result for Heidenheim, it now puts them up to fourth. Yeah, it was a good result, considering the results around them as well. That's kind of pushed them up closer to the promotion playoff position. Um, it was a pretty mental game, though, uh, with all those uh, all those VAR uh, interventions. Although, I think it was probably a good game for VAR, don't you think? I mean, uh, they managed to, uh, I mean, gave, give a penalty, disallowed a goal that ought to have been disallowed uh, and then rescinded that red card at the end to, um, I'm not really sure what Frank Willenborg, the referee, was even thinking there, how he could give that was a, uh, give that as a straight red, but glad that VAR was there to overturn that. But yeah, it kind of highlights Grutter Fuert's um, uh, poor run of form. Um, they've only won one in the last five, but Heidenheim, yeah, they've done well to get the goal, get the win and a clean sheet at home and uh, push up the table. Yeah, it was a fantastic result for for the hosts, and uh, yeah, they continue to do what they do, um, which is surprise the odds. Uh, even when some of their star players move on, they still manage to find a way. Uh, it's good that you chatted on, on the VAR section, and yeah, I, I'm very glad that that red for Tobias Moore was rescinded to a yellow, because it's quite, it wasn't as um, brazen 
and 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 uh, and malicious as as it may have seen initially. Maybe that was a yeah. referee angle, but um, no, that, that's good. And and VAR will be back it, very soon. No, it's gone. No, it was it was cynical, but um, not really. It was just the yellow card, really. I mean, it was kind of what thirty five yards up the pitch, um, and there was a. Uh, uh, it was it a, a Heidenheim player breaking, yep. um, and and uh, I mean, yeah, it was just a it was just a, a, a reckless challenge, but it definitely wasn't with excessive force. It definitely wasn't in, there wasn't any in, intention to endanger uh, the player or you know the game. So I think yeah, I think a yellow card is fair. I'm I'm slightly worried. I don't know about you about about Fuss form. I mean, they've dropped from seventh to eleventh in November, and they've just dropped, and they're only four points ahead of. The relegation playoff position, um, which is slightly worrying, considering they were up in the top six, you know, only a few weeks ago, and they're they're under form. I don't know; it's been pretty poor. I mean, they drew to they drew to Nuremberg, Nuremberg, and lost it. They've lost to Heidenheim, um, and yeah, I think they they also lost to Sandhausen, and they've drawn to Osnabrück in this week in this this month. Uh, so they've not, um, and the only win come uh, come against Darmstadt. So it's not been the hardest run of uh, run of fixtures, but they've not they've not been playing well at all, really. Yeah, to me, they are who I thought they were going to be, kind of thing. It's not as surprising if I use say the the NFL as an example. They're like the Carolina Panthers type, started really well and then completely fall off a cliff, kind of thing. Um, or yeah. they have now one win in their last five, which is not particularly good. But then you look at the opponents and then you look at where they were prior to heading into those run of games. And you're like, well, maybe they should probably win those games. But you know, their problems that they had last season are still there. They are, they are hopeless going forward. And, and as a result, they find ways to concede goals when, you know, they they just need to be better in the final third. Like, they had 20 shots on goal in this game I mean, and one shot on target. So. And that, I mean, that's even that's made even more remarkable by the fact they actually had a penalty in the seventh minute. I mean, yeah. they only had one shot on target, and including a penalty, which, I mean, by the way, was off, was off target. So, I mean... I mean, that's, it's just embarrassing, really. I mean, it's 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 worrying times. They've got a massive fixture next week, which we will discuss later. But yeah, that we we should move on uh, to our second uh, Group One game, which was Darmstadt and Amelia Biel- Armenia Bielefeld. Excuse me. Uh, and it took a moment of brilliance to really unlock this game. Fabian Klaus, he's their guy. He's their football god in Bielefeld. He scored twice in the space of a minute uh, to give. Essentially, give Bielefeld a two-goal lead. Kemper equal, uh, getting a goal back on 71 minutes. And then Andreas Vogelsammer putting the game to bed in stoppage time. It means that Bielefeld go back to the top of the mountain of the Spider Bundesliga table. Um, but really, I think there, there are two major talking points here. A, Bielefeld are just incredible away from home. They are just extraordinarily good um, away from the Elm. But... Um, yeah, this is a game that Bielefeld started slowly and Darmstadt just failed to capitalise. Yeah, it was it was, it was a real opportunity for Darmstadt, really, because first half, I think they dominated, or they at least were um, 
were very strong. I mean, they had, in the whole game, Darmstadt had more than double the number of shots that Bielefeld had. Um, and Bielefeld were just ruthless um, when, the, when the time came to it. In the second half, that two goals in the space of 83 seconds by close did wonders for, A, their confidence, and B, just the state of the game in just allowing them to have that cushion to um, to basically... that. I mean, it didn't seal the game, but I mean, with the, the form that Bielefeld are in, if you tune it up in the score two goals in the space of just uh, under you know a minute and a half, um, that's kind of going to secure you the victory. So I mean, yeah, uh, Darmstadt had the opportunity to, but Bielefeld are just relentless, and uh, and they keep scoring, they keep winning, they keep pushing high as far up at the top, and now they're standing alone at the top of the table, and deservedly so. Yeah, and it was a magical goal to open the scoring, it has to be said. Their rule, well, it was a bolter from the blue and it really deceived goalkeeper Marcel Schuen. And it, it was kind of the thing that really needed to wake Bielefeld up and then they scored the second goal where um, I'm not sure what Darmstadt were thinking defensively in terms of Manning, but you have poor old Fabian Holland who is quite clearly giving many of inches um, to, to close and once that ball's coming in, you knew that Close was going to be the only person that's going to win the header. Um, yeah, it's as we as we as many pundits who talk about football and and and, and gets chatted on Twitter and the likes and and even just you know casual chats um, with other people. You know, if you're going to be a team that is challenging for either promotion or winning the league, these are the kinds of games that they have to win. And I don't know about if you agree with me or not, Gabriel, but that you know when it looked. Very hairy in the first half. They found a way early in the second half, and then they get, and they basically gave themselves the breathing space, even if Darmstadt were able to get a goal back to at least coast through the game. Yeah, it's it, it's. I mean, it's the old mantra that you know, good teams or great teams uh, win or find uh, pick up results even when they play badly, and it is very. I mean that that is Bielefeld at the moment in terms of. They, when they play well, they win, and even when they don't play well, they still pick up points. They've only dropped four points in over two months. Uh, top of November's form table, just unbelievably consistent in just either grinding out wins, uh, draw it, getting a draw if, if need be, but very, very infrequently. Um, and at times, then they've they've smashed. They've also smashed teams, and they've been on on fire. And it helps to have two unbelievably prolific strikers, one in particular. Um, and who who made kickers team of the week for the seventh time this season, which is just phenomenal. Um, seventh time in, in fifteen match days is just balmy. So close, like yeah, massive, massive. Yeah, congratulations to close. I mean, on that, just unbelievable. Um, and yeah, they. I mean, basically, close and full summer are, are putting them through, and, and and as well, you know, they've got a, a strong defence. I mean. Darmstadt didn't really test Ortega as much as they as they probably should have, um, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can't really see anything past Bielefeld just keep steaming through this league and and, and staying up towards the top couple of two. I think it's the perfect segue to move on to our next game. You look at teams that just find ways to win, and then and without as much expectation, but they are proving most of us right that they are where they should be. To a team that has an abundance of expectation and just continuously finds ways to lose to teams that they should beat. Uh, 2-1 defeat to Stuttgart. 
um, at Sandhausen on the weekend. It was a brace from Aziz Buhadouz uh, that got Sandhausen the two-goal lead. Silas uh, got a penalty uh, goal a minute from time. But the real talking point, this is where VAR come into effect. Three, three goals Mario Gomez would have had. He would have had a hat-trick. All of them taken away from offside. A couple of them, I believe, were taken from the video assistant referee. Both were correct. Um, I guess it's a situation of what could have been. However, how they are even in this situation against the team that they should easily paste on any given day is amazing to me. It's yeah, it's really rather bizarre. Stuttgart. I mean, Stuttgart have lost more games than than Bochum. Um, they've lost more games than Karlsruhe, than. Sandhausen and Alwave and Heidenheim, they've lost the same number of games as Osnabrück and Regensburg and Darmstadt even. I mean, it's phenomenal to have been 15 games through the season and, and to be the hot promotion favourites and to have lost a third of those games. Um, and they're only really up at the top of the league because of their fine form at the start of the season, which saw them just win lots of games um, in a row. But it's it's really rather worrying. I mean, Sandhausen did have... An, like. They brought 13,500 fans to the game, so rather for their home game, which is double, more than double the number of fans they normally get on an average uh, crowd capacity. Um, and now it's only, it's only five points between the two sides, and it's unbelievable to think, considering, you know, Sandhausen are not Stuttgart. Squad. Stuttgart, are, on paper, are the best team, or if not the second best team in the league. And it just doesn't, it, it beggars belief how they just cannot. They are so inconsistent and they've lost so many games of late and they conceded so many goals. And I'm not really, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just balmy in a way, isn't it? I feel bad for Mario Gertz, uh, Gomez, sorry. Definitely not Mario Gertz. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, he, I mean, I might, I might feel bad for him, but not in this instance. Um, but uh, Mario Gomez um, scoring a hat-trick on them, all of them taken away offside just for these marginal calls that were, seemed almost reminiscent of the Premier League and the uh, English Premier League, that is, uh, in that they've kind of they've drawn the lines on and it's like, I mean, 0.0001 millimetre discrepancy between the two. And they've kind of gone, they've given him offside probably because of the spectacle. No, I mean, he was just about offside on all three, but it's, um, I mean, yeah, I feel I feel bad for Stuttgart and, 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 and uh, Gomez, but, it should be they should be better than that. They should they sl- they they fell asleep for the first two goals for Buadus. By the way, it's been unbelievable uh, of late. Um, he's scoring a goal every eighty minutes uh, on average uh, at the moment, which is really a, a really significantly good return. But yeah, I mean, and the I mean, Stuttgart only scored a penalty in the 89th minute, so that just basically made it look closer than it than it was in terms of the scoreline. I mean, Sandhouse were coasting it two nil until the last few minutes. So, I mean, bizarre, really. Yeah, I, a few weeks ago, a listener actually pointed this out, uh, Daniel at Yeboa 17, that they are very reminiscent of the Hamburg side of last season. Um, we won't spend too much time on it, but the fact is that they are some worrying tendencies that are reminiscent of that Hamburg side from last season. And if they cannot turn the screws, I've... This this will be a left field kind of thing, but I think that the the heads at Stuttgart, the board, um, the Thomas Hitzelsbergers of the world, they are starting to freak out that it's just 
that this is not where they expected to be. They didn't think that Heidenheim would be three points behind them for third, and they didn't think they'd be six points behind Armenia Bielefeld, who were top. Uh, they, 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 there must be some panic setting in, and like not trying to be over dramatic, but I think Tim Volta, you know, this is the first time really he's been in a job that has been, you know, there is expectation, and for a team that is sitting third, although we expected them to be in the top two, there seems to be a, a little bit of panic setting in, and yeah, I think he could be a legitimate. Hot seat, because we've seen it before, when Stuttgart were last in the Svita Bundesliga, Jos Lukai, 87 days, or I think it was 87 or 100 and something days, gone, um, and then Hannes Wolf took over. It's it's We're in a very similar realm yep. of possibility. I agree, and I think, I mean, they've lost five in the past two months. Um, and those five, if you look at the five games that they've lost, it's bad. They've lost at home to Wiesbaden. They lost at home to Kiel. They lost. They got hammered away at Harrisfall. They lost uh, away at Osnabrück, and they've lost away at Sandhausen. And now is three crucial games for them to cap off 2019, and they have to get all nine points. So I think you know in that winter break there might be a change because they've got they've got Nuremberg at home, then they've got Darmstadt and Hanover away. Those are three very, very winnable games. They have to, I think. The question is, will they? And we'll move on from that because that's enough Stuttgart for the moment and we'll talk about them in our preview. Far uh, too much. No. <laughs> uh, the banter. Uh, we'll t- let's take a break. Let's take a break. Um, and on the other side, we'll get to our sure. group two games. Uh, our first game was Osnabrück and Hamburg. We start our Group 2 games at the Bremer Brucker as Osnabrück hosted Hamburg, uh, a game that many, including myself, expected Hamburg to get a result in. However, it was mentioned that if Osnabrück score early, as I think we've said multiple times on this podcast at home, they are a tough team to beat. It took a moment of individual brilliance from Nicholas Schmidt to open the scoring for Osnabrück uh, and then David Blacker on the stroke of halftime, essentially, giving Osnabrück a two-goal lead. Kittle with an excellent... Sonny Kittle, of course, with an excellent goal on 64 minutes to make it 2-1. But it wasn't enough as Osnabrück took a vital three points. What it meant was for Hamburg, they were displaced, of course, at the top of the table by Armenia Bielefeld. Osnabrück move into ninth place. It's their fifth win of their season. And uh, it only really proves our point, as we've mentioned on a few podcasts, that Osnabrück at home is a very difficult assignment. Yes, definitely. Um, and having witnessed them bring 3,000 fans away to um, the Ruhrstadion uh, in match day 14 last uh, Friday, last, uh, last Friday um, against Bochum, um, they were a formidable crowd. And I can only imagine that being obviously times by five or so when, uh, in the Bremer Brooker. Um, and it must have been a cauldron um, for Hamburg to have walked into. Um, so I'm not surprised really that Osnabrück are, are formidable at home um, and not surprised that they in fact that they won uh, against Hamburg I know Hamburg should on paper win the, have won this game but Osnabrück have been pretty strong of late and um, they look difficult to beat and they're adding some goals to their game I mean before at the start of the season or even a few games back they 
um, they couldn't they couldn't really buy a goal and they couldn't they weren't conceding but they weren't scoring. But now they've they've you know they've they've scored a few. I think in the in just in the, in the month of November they scored eight goals, um, which isn't bad. Um, and I mean it's it, I think it's in part down to the Schmidt who scored the first goal, an unbelievable goal, and he is a serious serious talent. He was superb against um, uh, against Ball from the, uh, the week before, um, and. I was really sad to find out that he's a he's a loanee at Bremen because I was I thought oh, this is a this is a real a gem. He's only twenty one years old, um, just turned twenty one. Um, I met him after the game actually uh, after the Osnabrück game and really nice guy. And I thought oh, this you know could nick him. But uh, he's already he's tied down at Bremen. I can very much see him next year pushing on in the Bundesliga. Um, but yeah, um, well yeah, strong strong performance from Osnabrück Hamburg. Again, I mean, they, they don't lose that many games, but they draw a lot. So um, they're dropping points still. They keep dropping points and, and they're still up there. But I mean, surely, surely how is Fowler too good this year to, to, to do a Hamburg of last year okay. or, <laughs> or a Hamburg of the past 10 years? Um, so, uh, so fingers crossed for them. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it was a good game. Um, good result for Osnabrück. Absolutely. You mentioned Schmidt and he... Actually, ironically, was on loan at v- uh, Van Wiesbaden in the Dritzliga last season and was quite good. Uh, so I think that's kind of been their project with um, from Bremen is more or less Dritzliga, Svater Bundesliga, and then maybe next season he'll be good enough um, to at least compete for a, for for a a place uh, in the in the matchday squad at Bremen um, under Florian Kofeld if he's of course still the manager there. Um, yeah, Hamburg, it's only their second loss of the season. Not much panic compared to the team below, sitting just below them. Um, yeah, they'll rebound. That their their away form has been, you know, decent, but they've picked up the bulk of their twenty nine points at home, and you know, they 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 uh, they get back Riata back next week as well, and they've kind of missed his uh, punchiness going forward. Um, so that'll be a big win for them. But yeah, I don't think they'll be too concerned. Good good result for Osnabrück, who are, sure. who are slowly showing mm. some uh, some um, some fights and, and, um, and yeah. getting results in the process. Um, I, w- I would say, though, quickly, that if you look at highest Vars month of November, I quite like looking at the last four or five games, um, it's a draw at Wiesbaden, a draw at Kiel, a win against... Basement boys, Drayton, 2-1, and then a loss at Osnabrück. Not been ideal. I mean, it's been three away games, but um, but uh, it's still not a great form. Four points from, uh, uh, or five points, sorry, from, from November, but games that they really could have, they could have uh, picked up 12 points there. So it's a bit of a shame. Missed opportunity, perhaps. Potentially. Uh, we'll move on um, to our next game, which was Karlsruhe and Jan Regensburg. And, um, yeah, we. Uh, it's been a while since Karlsruhe have taken victory. You have to go all the way back to match day five. Um, in that process, they had seven consecutive draws, which was a fight of Bundesliga record, and then they were beaten um, in the Baden-Württemberg derby by Stuttgart. But a great result for them in terms of just getting back that winning feeling. Four goals to one. Uh, Anton Fink opening the scoring. Two goals by Philip Hoffman. It's that man. He scored an unbelievably good bicycle kick for the second. 
Uh, and then Martin uh, Vanitek with the fourth. Uh, Maxi Bershikov made it 3-1 on 70 minutes, but it didn't really matter. Uh, Karlsruhe were very much on cruise control. It has to be said, though, that Jan had a goal taken off for... Um, I think it was offside. Um, so it could have been interesting at 3-2, um, but it wasn't to be um, an, a much-needed result for Karlsruhe, who have, as we've said, you know, they've drawn a lot of games and, and one that they will look to build on. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that now that they... Because after they drew seven, they've gone lost-win. I kind of want them to now go lost-win for like quite a while now, eight games or so, just so that we can have that kind of weird... Karlsruhe either win or lose and then mm. they go back to drawing loads of games again but no um, they yeah it's their first win since the 13th September uh, their fans definitely needed it they definitely needed it um, there's still only four points off the relegation places but it's a, it was a comprehensive victory um, but yeah if not for, for wasteful finishing from Regensburg uh, and as you say that offside goal uh, and some excellent saves by Uphoff uh, the Karlsruhe goalkeeper it could have been a lot closer, but I think this is one of these ones where Jan Jan Regensburg will just sort of look at it as yeah a black dot on on what has been so far a pretty strong season. Um, they've been quite leaky at the back um, recently. In November they've conceded ten goals, and only Nuremberg have conceded as many. So that's slightly something that maybe something that they need to address. But apart from that, they've been they've been pretty good this season. So it's not not nothing too much to to nothing no no. No great cause for concern, but a good win for Carlsberg. Agreed. And th- that man, uh, Philip Hoffman, who is the bane of my existence, it would seem, as he continues to prove me wrong. At the start of the season, Gabriel, uh, I mentioned that it was a bit of a, or well, he's got a spider Bundesliga experience, but he won't offer too much to the team kind of thing. He has nine goals, which is the third best in the Swider Bundesliga. Uh, only <laughs> Manuel Schaeffler... And uh, Fabian Close have scored more times than uh, than Karlsruhe's number thirty three, and uh, yeah, that's what you get when you talk uh, absolute marbles about someone or something. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, kudos to I mean, him. To be fair, to be fair, I've done the same thing ever since I came on the podcast. I slated Sandhausen, and now they're seven five <laughs> points off the promotion places, which is. I'm going to start waxing the record about them because I hate them so much. So I need, to, I need the reverse to happen. It's just serious commentator curse here for both of us. <laughs> yeah, no, he's brilliant. He's uh, he's done really well, and yeah, I mean, to have the moxie to, to to score that bicycle kick. I think there was actually a tweet by um, Football Radars uh, Thomas Nutel Jones who mentioned that uh, at three nil, if anyone scores a bicycle kick, the game should be over and. It kind of reminds me of the idea of the uh, the game breaker in FIFA Street, the original FIFA Street. Uh, that's literally what it was. It, it accumulated enough skill points to get the, the game breaker and busted oh. the net with it. It was. Uh... Oh, it was great. <laughs> Do you remember when you used to get game breakers there, and then the bloody goalkeeper would save it? I mean, come or, on! Or, like or... that's basically it's meant to be a guaranteed goal, or you missed. It's just like what? Or... I've worked so hard. I've done so many <laughs> fake Raboners and peepy uppies in order to to get this guaranteed goal and then the game is against me. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're digging deeper. We're digging deeper. <laughs> the streets won't forget. FIFA Street. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on from the uh, the dark arts of FIFA Street. The OGs back in the uh, the mid-2000s. Mm. Um, to... What time? It was magical, wasn't it? And we'll move on to the Milan Tour. St. Mm. Pauli hosted... Uh, 
Hanover, two sides who were so desperately in need of victory. And it was Hanover who took the three points here. Uh, a goal from the returning Linton Minor, of course, Hanover youth product, uh, getting the goal to see Keenan Cocker to get his first win as Hanover uh, head coach. And more importantly, getting them out of the bottom three. Uh, what it means for St. Pauli is it means that they drop to 15th and it's starting to get very precarious uh, for the boys in Brown. It's a great result for Hanover, um, Gabriel. And uh, at a time where it's needed, um, it's exactly what the doctor ordered. And it had to be someone coming back from injury uh, to provide the goods. Yeah, and but very, very important to notice, or to, to note rather, that it was Pauli's fullback, Caller, who was just caught napping in the first 10 minutes of the game just dwelled on the ball too long and Minor, who nicked in and drove through the defence to score and finished well. Uh, and it's his first fight at Bundesliga goal. He's only 20 years old. So a, a, a great time for him, a great day for him. Um, but, I mean, Pauli are looking terrible. They haven't won since the end of September and that was against Sandhausen. Um, they've, they've not really had the most difficult of fixtures. They haven't played any of the top three uh, in the past two two months or so or... or and they've just, um, they're really just sliding down the league, um, dropping like a stone. Um, and they were, they were at home and they had their first shot of the game in the second half, um, which is really not good enough, particularly at, like, at the Millen Tour, which is just known for a, a, a boisterous, fierce atmosphere uh, that should really lift any home team. Um, and they left the they left the field to booing and jeering and whistles at full time. And, and and in terms of looking at their form, rightly so, I guess they've just not been good enough. Um, and they something needs to happen. There are cross, serious crossroads, as I say, just just serious issues there. Yeah, it may be time to um, rip the bandaid, as they say. Um, mm. Yeah, we'll it was see. odd though because they they started the season pretty well. Mm. Um, and looked pretty good. I mean, they beat Harris Fowl at the beginning of the, the middle of September. Uh, middle of September, um, and it looked like uh, their manager's comments at the start of the at the start of the summer or the end of the summer, the start of the season, where he said that they really needed a fry a firecracker, firecracker up their yeah backside um, uh, had really worked. But it's just gone so flat. It's just not. It's just really. It's been really poor, and I think it might be time for a change. Unfortunately, for um, for Pauli and, and and for their, you know, and uh, and for Joss Lurkai, who's you know, he's not been in the job that long, but it's just not. It's just not good enough, really. It is a watch this space kind of operation, and from that, we will take our final break of the first half of our podcast. On the other side, we have our final three games, and we'll start at the Rural Stadion when Bochum hosted Erzgebirge Hour. It was an important game for the hosts on match day 15, a side that has really struggled on both ends, uh, and that is Valfeld Bochum, but they took a vital three points uh, on match day 15 against Erzgebirge Hour. Uh, 2-0, the final score... Uh, Anthony Lucia opening the scoring just after the hour mark and then a Louis Samson own goal which would have been tucked in by Emmanuel Vinsheimer had he not been there uh, was enough to see the hosts secure a massive win 
it puts them up to 13th in the standings. Um, and it really was just a much-needed result at a critical time in the season. Yeah, huge, huge win. Um, a huge win, and then to the sort of cherry on the on the top of the icing of the cake, um, the, uh, a clean sheet, which was the first clean sheet of uh, of the season for Manuel Riemann and for, for Bochum, who... Um, I mean, Riemann's really deserved it. He's been excellent this season, to be fair to him. Saved three penalties, um, been re- a, a force at the back, um, and has been, we've just, you know, conceded some, some really unlucky goals and conceded some sloppy goals late in games, but we didn't this time. And and uh, a really massive win, second home win of the season. Uh, and we've been, we've been pretty good this, this uh, in November. I mean, we still, we still have to fight it. We still have to fight. Because um, we're still only two points ahead of, of Nuremberg in 16th, but a win on the weekend, and we um, we will move up, you know, into the into firmly into mid table, and uh, and this win has given us an opportunity to. I think it was interesting because the first half we dominated, we by Bochum dominated. Um, I always sat way too deep into a five four one, didn't try and push at all forward, um, and it was quite difficult to get through at first, but. Um, I mean, a, a, a stunning little piece of play from from Pantovic to lay off uh, Lucia um, for the goal in, uh, on the hour. Um, Lucia's just been—I mean, I cannot. We were talking about this earlier. Cannot describe to you how much of a linchpin he is for, uh, or uh, how much of a, a figurehead uh, he is for Bochum. Uh, he's he's run further than any other player this season in the entire league. He's played every minute of the season. It's going to be a very very big miss that he's. Um, yellow card suspended for um, for next week, uh, but he's been integral uh, in leading in leading Borkum and you know the two 0 win. What more could you want, really? I mean, it was it's just excellent, yeah. Yeah, big one. And it's actually it's funny. Someone, uh, oh my good my good man Johnny Johnny Walsh, who the OG of the Spider Bundesliga, um, he he brought to my attention this unbelievable stat. They've scored Borkum have scored nineteen of their twenty seven goals at home. All 19 of them have yep. come in front of the Ostkurve, which is unbelievable. That seems it, it, it seems ri- it seems ridiculous that they're, they've almost got a hex on their own goal at their own stadium, but mm-hmm. chuck them in front of their own goal and they just in front of the Ostkurve and they score. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Um, I mean, and that's also I mean, add the fact that we had a penalty against uh, Osnabrücker in front of the West Curve um, last week. And uh, Gambula missed it. I mean, we've had plenty. I mean, in the first half of the Erzgebirge Aoi match, um, Danny Bloom hit a, uh, took a free kick, which hit the T bar, hit the, the corner of the crossbar, came back out to Lucia, who had an open goal, who fired it goalward, and uh, it hit Dakani in the head, who was about three yards off the line. And it would have gone in had Dakani not been in the way, but Dakani was offside uh, because he'd just run in to try and. Um, to try and uh, nod in the uh, the the rebound off the free kick, and it was almost comical. It was like there is an absolute hex. Um, it's but hey, you scored nineteen goals at home. It's a pretty decent return. Um, they've all come in front of the Oscar, which is great for the, the fans because that's the, in front of the ultras. Um, and I don't really care as long as we win, if I'm honest. But it's it's an oddity. I mean, we've only it's, it's the same in the Paul Carl as well. The only goal that we've scored on the West Curve actually has been an own goal. 
off the off the off the boot or off the knee of uh, of Alfonso Davies in the buying game. So that doesn't even really count as ours anyway. So um, so yeah, it's it's bizarre. But hey, we'll take the wins. Absolutely, a team that could have desperately taken uh, all three points on match day fifteen was Dinamo Dresden, uh, and they didn't do that. Two uh, one defeat at home to Holstein Kiel. Uh, Emmanuel Yoa and Salia Ozchan scoring twice in the opening half hour. Uh, Florian Ballas scored an excellent goal 10 minutes from time, but it wasn't to be. It means that's the end of Christian Fiel's reign in Dresden. He was given the boot yesterday at the time of recording, which is the Monday. Uh, they have not announced um, a replacement. And we spoke about this off air, actually, um, Gabriel, which we found a little bit strange that normally there is some rumours circulating that there may be a potential new appointee, um, but there's nothing. The club is really silent on what's what the the plan is going forward, and there is some. It's just really concerning vibe going around the club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as we were talking about it, we're trying to find. Uh, Trying to find odds to see who's who's on uh, who's the most likely in the betting shops anyway for to, to take up the job might be because of my bad German but I can't really seem to find any betting odds on it and it, and we can't find anything kicker or anything from Dresden about any sort of search I imagine they'll be interviewing today and and tomorrow but you kind of think that surely if you're going to pull the trigger um, that it was kind of some weeks in the making I mean Dresden been so poor and and for a, such a historically grand and great club. To be, well, I mean, because of their poor goal difference, they're effectively not three points, but rather four points off the uh, off Pauli in fifteenth. Um, but also not. I mean, they've lost nine games out of fifteen this season. It's not good enough. It's, uh, and for them to, to pull the trigger now and then not have an immediate replacement is slightly odd. Um, it kind of lacks a direction slightly, and and, and is, is 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 worrying to see. Um, on the flip side, you've got Kiel, who, I mean, 17th of October, uh, Kiel were one point off the bottom, second bottom, um, and on on looking horrific, really, and, and, and really in serious trouble. And now they're five points off promotion playoff, which shows you how tight the league is, but it also shows you how excellent they have been of late, picking up results, picking up wins. Um, they've done it again here at Dresden, who weren't particularly good, but I mean, still got to, got to go and do the job and and. and get an away win and an away win in the title Bundesliga is always a big deal and a, and a big result so um, so yeah Holstein Kiel doing what they're doing what they've recently done done best and and, and Dresden looking slightly looking looking like they could be they could just lose further ground and, and just kind of be cut adrift a bit so I've done some digging uh, as as uh, as we've been talking um, so they haven't. As act- I ramble on, no, and just it was don't a, stop. <laughs> it was a great listen. Easy. Um, they have oh, not. They haven't. Bad. They haven't announced it. But according to transfer market, who let's be honest, is like the real encyclopedia of anything football. They've said they've got on there that Heiko Schultz is the caretaker. Uh, his history. Uh, recently, he managed uh, Lokomotiv Leipzig. For five seasons between October seventh, twenty thirteen, and September twenty three, twenty eighteen, uh, he was uh, the manager of Wacker Nordhausen um, last season. Um, that's who 
um, transfer market in transfer market has as the guy um, in charge, which it may be true. It says it's in a caretaker role. Um, we'll wait and see to see what happens there. But the club has been pretty tight. In terms of the football, a great result for Kiel. They move up to sixth. Um, and yeah, the uh, they're just doing what they have to do. They, they're two players that are on loan from Dusseldorf and Köln, respectively, getting on the on the score sheet. And Ayo is a player that um, was very, was particularly good last season at Alwa. Um and he's he's battled injuries and, and and the likes, but now they're starting to to bear the fruits of um of his brilliance. And yeah, it's just another really good um, performance um, from him and the team. And yeah, that's it's kudos to them. We will move on to the final game of match day 15 and um for the club fans Nenberg, it was yeah forgettable for so many many reasons um 2-0 win for Wiesbaden Manuel Schaeffler uh and Daniel Kofi Girai getting the two goals uh it means that Wiesbaden jump off the bottom it means that Nuremberg go into the relegation playoff spot in 16th and uh yeah, what a horrible, horrible home debut for Jens Keller. Yeah, tough. Um, considering they only drew nil-nil away at Furt and the game before that, when the, uh, under the interim manager, they lost 5-1 at home. It's not good. Um, and they have looked pretty... I mean, they looked that great. Um, they, I mean, they they held the majority of the possessions, 67% possession to 33% for Wiesbaden. And they outshot Wiesbaden significantly. Um, but, I mean, Nuremberg have only won. Since, the last time they won was it, when they beat a desperately poor Hanover 4-0 at the end of September. And um, Nuremberg are just dropping. And there hasn't been the manager, the, the post manager bounce um, that Keller would have liked to have had uh, after Kanadi sacking. Um, and again, at another team... That surprisingly, I mean, one of the hot favourites to go up and looking very, very likely, particularly with the inferior goal difference and you know the difficult run of fixtures coming up. They um, they're looking like uh, they really might be in trouble. Well, they definitely are in trouble. That's for sure. Yeah, and the stats pretty much <laughs> repeat kind of the unfortunate nature of the way things are turning out. When you have a Wiesbaden side who only has five shots on goal, two of which are on target, both of which were goals, that's a problem. And you have yeah. 24 shots on goal yourself, you only have five on target. Not to mention you had 67, you had two-thirds of possession. The question is, what are you really doing with it? I know that they had a goal chalked off. Um Robin Hack uh, thought offside, and again, video assistant referee correct on the money. They were they had a fantastic week, as you mentioned earlier on the podcast. It's just, it just, it's unbelievable the talent that they have. Then, and it was one that I lauded at the start of the season, and many of us agreed that you know Dovidan was a great signing, Robin Hack was a great signing. They just, they, it's like they, they. They they're still in the Bundesliga. They they are just they look lost. And at times, when I've watched them play, it's literally like they've chucked eleven play people. They've just pulled off the street. Go play football. Figure it out. And they look they look lost. 
It's 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 yeah. it's bordering. At least they had they unveiled their Christmas kits, which was um, yeah, that was quite nice. Yeah, it was literally the only <laughs> nice thing about that match. Them. I'm sorry to say, Nuremberg fans, and yeah. and uh, yeah, I think from that we should probably move on. We'll take just uh, quickly. They need to uh, just before we we head off. Um, last thing, match day 18. Need to look out for that because that's Nuremberg at home against Dresden. Last game before the winter break. That's massive. Tasty. It's massive then. Tasty. Yeah. But we won't look that far ahead yet. We will get there. We'll look ahead to match day <laughs> 16. We'll get there eventually in a few weeks. Uh, match day 16 is just around the corner uh, as we take our halftime break. And we are going to start at the Volkspark Stadion when Hamburg host Heidenheim. <laughs> Welcome to Game of Two Scarves, the world's first football and podcast brought to you by the two great mates who just so happen to support the deadly rivals of Newcastle and Sunderland. Each week we bring you a down-to-earth informed discussion on our respective football clubs, everything from post-match opinions to thoughts on who we thought did well, who didn't and where we think the club needs to progress going forward. We bring the odd guests along for the ride too, often from clubs outside of the region. So, as well as our own clubs, we do like to discuss the latest big news from around the world of the greatest game. So sit back, put your allegiances to one side and enjoy the chat and humour of a Game of Two Scarves podcast. On the horizon now is match day 16. It's crazy to think that after this, we only have two more match days before the end of 2019. And to kick us off here is Hamburg and Heidenheim. This is a Friday night kickoff game. And for our viewers in the UK and the Republic of Ireland, this game will be on BT Sport Live and BT Sport 1. So a game of much worse, of course, if you're in the US. All the Spider Bundesliga games are on Fox Soccer Match Pass. Two sides that have got pretty similar-ish form. Heidenheim, three wins in the last five, uh, whereas Hamburg, two wins in the last five, two draws and a defeat, which came the last time out. They lost. Um, they've only had two uh, previous meetings. Uh, Hamburg winning one of those, which was the inaugural. That was the 3-2. Uh, the draw was the last time they met. Um, so this has a, a pretty interesting sort of flavor. You look at the standings, second versus fourth. Um, Hamburg, of course, want to reduce the gap to to Bielefeld, but conversely, also for Heidenheim, three points behind Stuttgart, they could easily catch up to them at come the end of the round. Yeah, it's a big chance for for Heidenheim to to push up towards a promotion playoff um, position. Um, however, how is foul? They've only lost twice this year, and when they lost when they last lost against Pauli two 0 they went on to smash our way four 0 So I feel like Hamburg at home will have something to prove to um to sort of right the wrong of their of their of their recent form of only two wins out of five which to be fair is subpart for them for uh, for a team of that quality i know we're a very good side and and, and frank schmidt is, is doing wonders with them um and i think even if they were to lose this game they're still going to be in a really decent position and based on stuttgart's form they might still even be in the mix um so it's probably not one that Heidenheimer are, are are holding on to, are, are in terms of the need to get the points here. But it's it's a bonus if they do get a uh, get a draw, um, and it's definitely um, you know just uh, definitely I, I feel like a, a lot more of an important game for for Howard's to move back up towards Bielefeld. So 
I can see them pushing really hard for a, for a victory here and, and probably just about getting one. Yeah, I think I think the hosts will win. <clears throat> Though, I w- we can only hope we can get a repeat of the two fixtures from last season. Um, a combination, a, com- a combined nine goals were scored. Um, five goals for Hamburg, four for Heidenheim. So that history has suggested that, you know, even though it's a really tiny sample size of two games, um, goals could be on the card. Um, however, Heidenheim have only won once away from home this season. That came on the opening match day of the season at Osnabrück. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can't see anyone but Hamburg winning this game. But it won't be of much surprise that Heidenheim will very much be in the game. Um, and it will be certainly uh, one to watch. Um, we'll move on to the other Friday night fixture, which is Armenia, Bielefeld and Karlsruhe. Um, 41 previous meetings, and it's pretty close in terms of the historical record. 16 wins for Bielefeld, 15 for Karlsruhe, 10 draws. They last met in the 2016-17 Spider Bundesliga season. Karlsruhe won that game three goals to two. Both sides, of course, coming off important victories which saw Bielefeld go to the top and Karlsruhe moved to 10th. Um, so there's a lot There's a lot of play here, of course. Karlsruhe want to make sure that they remain in that mid-table area, whereas Bielefeld, of course, want to maintain uh, that three-point gap or even extend at the top of the table. Yeah, um, it's a good, it should be a good game. It's two, it's two, sign, two good signs who, I mean, are coming off. Uh, I mean, Karlsruhe are coming off a, a, a decent result as well. Uh, as a Bielefeld, um, and it's it should be it should be a hotly contested game. I think it's interesting to look at um, Bielefeld uh, have run further and harder than any team in the side of Bundesliga this season by over twelve kilometres. So that's a significant difference, uh, and they're playing against uh, excuse me <clears throat> playing against Karlsruhe, who are fourth bottom in terms of distance co- distance covered. So. You kind of imagine that Armenia should have the legs and should have the 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 sort of stamina to push through past the Karlsruhe side. Karlsruhe might sit back slightly deep here, um, but Bielefeld have been outstanding this season, as we've said all year, really. Uh, and even though they've not scored that many goals at home, only ten of the thirty-three, um, they've got six players ranked in the top eleven uh, players of, of all this season. So I expect them to to continue their good form and and notch up another victory. As do I. I mean, one player in particular who generally leads that stat in terms of distance covered is Manuel Preto, and he uh, dominated the stat last season. Um, I think he actually beat out Toto Lucia, actually. So, um, no. Yeah, yeah. There is there is one more who has the uh, the, the legs. Um, the worrying sign for Karlsruhe is their away defense. They've given up sixteen goals uh, this season. On their travels, that's the second worst in the Spider Bundesliga. Um, I think Bielefeld will will continue their impressive form. Of course, they've won four of their last five. If you take that five game sample size, um, I expect you know they've had some really tough games at home this season, and, and they've been able to get points or they've been stiff to not get a point in in that game against Stuttgart. But you know uh, they're they're in a great they're in a really great position, and you know. With well, I think they've got one more home game heading into the, the 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 winter break. After this one, they'll very much want to keep, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that good form going in, and I think they will do so with a win. Uh, a game of massive significance on Monday night, 
uh, two sides who are coming off losses and even though there are opposite ends of the spectrum it's uh well potentially the panic button's being hit on both sides even though harshly for Nuremberg considering a new coach has come in as uh, Nuremberg traveled to Stuttgart this game will also be on BT Sport 1 for our friends in the UK uh, they've met on 80 previous occasions. Stuttgart have won 38 of those. 24 wins for Nuremberg, 18 draws. They last met, of course, last season in the Bundesliga at the Mercedes-Benz Arena. It was a one-all draw. Stuttgart have won three of the last five. Uh, you have to go all the way back to the 2013-14 season uh, for the last time Nuremberg beat Stuttgart. That was two goals to nil. You talk about two sides that the weight of expectation has certainly uh, had, a, had a, some sort of an effect, especially Nuremberg, who sits 16th. Uh, it's going to be relatively tough for Nuremberg, I think, to get a point here, considering how strong Stuttgart are at home. Uh, well, how do you see this one panning out? Yeah, I think Stuttgart should um, should press on and get a victory here. I mean, they could revert to type and loss, win, loss, win, loss, so they are due a win by virtue of their form. Um, Nuremberg aren't, you know, on paper are a good side, as we've said many times. Um, but you kind of expect Stuttgart at home, given that they are stronger at home, to beat a, a, a really a really poor Nuremberg side. But it will be tight because <clears throat> no, we're both we're both coming down with this uh, coughing thing. <clears throat> it's, it's back. Um, yeah, frogs in our throats. It's all right. <laughs> but we'll, we'll survive just about. But um, yeah, uh, it's really rather odd that um, that both Stuttgart and Nuremberg are are. It seems odd to say, considering Stuttgart are third, but uh, but they are both underperforming massively. Um, but Stuttgart will look at the Harisfall Heidenheim game, and by virtue of the fact that they're playing on Monday night, they have the, the opportunity to look at how the games have gone over the course of this over the weekend. They will probably, I mean, they could feasibly rather um, not even be in third by the time of Monday night. So they will need a win to push back up into the top three. So I think Stuttgart will edge it, but it will be a tighter game than expected. And I think Jens Keller should take half from the nil-nil draw away against Furt, his first game. And and you know, hopefully for Nuremberg fans, they can they they'll have something to cheer about, you know, in this game. Yeah, I mean, their, their form has been a lot better away from home Nuremberg this season. Uh, from their seven games uh, on their travels, two wins, two draws, and three losses to eight points. This. They actually have a plus goal difference of one. Compare that to their home form, which is of one win, four draws, three defeats, uh, with a goal difference of negative nine. So they're, they're no. a, the key here is they're a slightly better defensive team away, but they're a much potent attacking side going forward. They actually have 14 goals, compared to, which is double the amount they have at home. So that's a glaring stat. So that, it'll be interesting to see who... Uh, Keller plays up front. I'm intrigued to see. I'm actually intrigued to see what his starting lineup is going to look like. Probably know that the the one guarantee you'll see is Felix Dornebusch in goal, and then insert whoever kind of thing. They 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 need so much help, and yeah, it's it's a tricky project. Put it this way: if if they don't win, then immediately the the. Uh, the pressure probably begins to start on Keller because he's one of those coaches where your team either hits the ground running when he comes in or 
it's almost the equivalent of not having a new manager come in and, and almost the status quo remains. So it will be a tough one for them. Uh, I think Stuttgart will win. But yeah, I think Nuremberg will have to be very vigilant defensively if they're going to have any chance of getting a result here. We'll take a quick break and on the other side, we'll head off to Kiel when they host Osnabrück. Two sides coming off uh, impressive victories last time out. Uh, look to make it two, two or three on the spin, respectively, as Holstein Kiel host Osnabrück on Saturday afternoon. They've met on 66 previous occasions, and Osnabrück have won 34 of those. Kiel 24 and 8 draws. They last met in the 2016-17 Dritter Liga season, which Osnabrück won two goals to one. So it's the first meeting in quite some time. But in fact, this is a team that Osnabrück have obviously had great success with over the past five meetings. They've won four of those, um, and they will look to continue this as as pertains. Uh, Kiel seeking, of course, their third win. Whereas Osnabrück are unbeaten in their previous five. So you look at two sides who are in relatively good form here. Sixth versus ninth on the table. Um, Osnabrück's away form has been quite concerning. Um, but Kiel, surprisingly, have had some some relative troubles at home. Yeah, it's interesting because the, here are two teams that have been really strong of late. I mean, Holstein Kiel have only lost one in the last five. Osnabrück haven't lost in the last five. So two, two sides in, in relatively good form as you've said um but both struggle well one struggles away and the other struggles at home and obviously you have that match up now where keel the ones who suffer at home the most uh are up against osterbrook who traditionally this season have struggled away although to be fair they were very strong in their last away game against bochum um so it will be an interesting game i think both of these sides by virtue of their good form have absolutely nothing to worry about regardless of the result so that's quite a nice situation for both sides to be in. Um, it's a Saturday midday, well, one o'clock kickoff, so it's not going to be the same sort of boisterous atmosphere supporting Osterbrook uh, like they did have on the Friday night fixture against Bochum. But I think it will be it will be a tight game, maybe a maybe a draw with a uh, with a goal apiece or something. But I mean, Kiel have have the great form here. They've won their past two, uh, and they if they could. Extended to a third victory in a row, that will really put them, you know, put the cat amongst the pigeons up at the top of the league, and they could be feasibly fourth, pushing on to Stuttgart um, come the uh, come the next come uh, match day seventeen. So it's uh, a really, I mean, a, a massive turn turnaround for the Kiel, and um, I mean, good luck to them. Hopefully, they can continue on their good form. But Osnabrück, I mean, with the with the power of Schmidt in the midfield. Um, they will. They are no. They you can't underestimate them, and they are. They for a side that um, have just come up. They've been incredibly strong. They have, and it, it tends to be the thing that you know a lot of those Drittle League sides that do come up. I guess like most teams that 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 gain promotion, it's more of a sink or swim kind of uh, thing. But you look at the two, the three promoted sides from this season, and and two of them sit relatively comfortable in mid-table, if you want to call it comfortable even, um, in ninth and 10th. And of course, Wiesbaden is the team that we expected to sink um, quite early. And, you know, they're, they're, they've reduced the gap in terms of points. But, you know, are, are we convinced um, that they will actually be able to get out of the relegation zone? Probably not. 
Um, with Osnabrück, I think Daniel Tune's done a fantastic job with them. Just considering they had a really tricky start to the season, now they're starting to pick up points and, and, and you know, we know how good they are at home. But what defines a team is, you know, being consistent at both home and away. They've only won once on their travels. They haven't... Ironically, surprisingly, well, not that surprisingly, they have only conceded eight goals... Um, which is the actual equal best with Armini Bielefeld on the travels. However, they are the worst goal-scoring team away from home uh, on par with Sandhausen with only five goals. So I wouldn't be surprised if this game ended in like a goalless or a one-all draw. Um, but let's hope not. Let's hope that the uh, the floodgates open. We want some good attacking football. So we'll wait mm. and see. Um, wishful thinking, probably. Um, we'll move on. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, to a, to a game that um, yeah, this game could be very interesting uh, with Greutherford versus Bochum. Uh, this is Bochum's first away fixture in a few weeks, um, um, if I'm correct in, in thinking that way. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and and Furt's of course coming off that defeat um, on match day fifteen. You look at historically out of the twenty four meetings, eleven of them have ended in draws. Um, but there was plenty of goals in the last time they met. Uh, that was at the Ruhr Stadium. Bochum were three two winners. Um, so yeah, it's very much on the table. Um, in fact, Bochum have actually won two of the previous five meetings. However, it should be noted the two games that were played in Furt were both drawn. You have to go all the way back to the twenty sixteen seventeen season when Furt last beat Bochum. Unsurprisingly, that was at home. So there is some there is some intrigue going into this game. Of course, Bochum looking to finally break their hoodoo in Furt. Can they do it? I really hope so. Um, yeah, as you said, that we've come off the back of uh, of a win against Alway at home, and then before that, the the sort of double header of uh, drawing uh, at home to Osnabrück. So we haven't played uh, away from home for a few weeks now. The last time was the draw against Pauli at the Milan Tour. Um, so yeah, it will be a, it will be a tough fixture, but it, we are coming to Grittefurt at, at the best time. Furt, um not playing particularly well. Their last three games have been two losses and a draw, so they, so it's a good time to face them. Um, and it's a shame, as I said earlier in the pod, um, about um, Bochum missing our talismanic midfielder Anthony Lucia. Um, who is suspended due to having racked up five yellow cards. That will be a major miss. But we're in good spirits, I think. Um, really looking forward to, to the game. A big uh, a win would be a big result. It'd see Bochum get overtake Furtz and, and, and sort of solidify themselves in the, in, the, in the top half or even just the top of the bottom half of the table, um, which would be really, which would be really great to see. Uh, I know that's a bi- coming from a biased perspective, but nonetheless um so yeah it's it will be a tough game um but you know i think Bochum have have it in them to to maybe sneak a win hopefully fingers crossed uh, i mean i'd love to i'd love to see a a, a 1-0 win just a grind out get ream and another uh, clean sheet but it'll be interesting to see because i presume that uh Vitaly Janel, who's not played for a few weeks now um will probably come in to replace Lucia in center midfield um and it'll be interesting to see how the youngster, who's only 20, um, does against uh, against Grutterford's power in the field and, 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 how they, um, and how he matches up. But yeah, it should be an interesting one. 
It will be. I mean, I'll make a, a case, I guess, for Furtz, um as a potential winner in this game. From their four, four of their seven home games this season, they've managed to win. In three of those, they've kept clean sheets. They've only conceded seven times this. Sorry, yep, seven times this season at home, which is more than respectable. Uh, that's on par with Stuttgart and only three few and Heiden, I'm sorry, and three fewer than Hamburg. Their only concern, as we've lamented so many, many times on the podcast, is their inability to score. They've scored eight goals at home this season, and there are actually two teams that have scored fewer than uh, Grotefer at home this season. That is uh, Nuremberg and the team we'll talk about next in Hanover. So that's their only issue, is that can they score against a Bielefeld side that... Sorry, a Bochum side. A Bielefeld side. You silly boy. <laughs> a Bochum side that has been relatively stable defensively away from home. They've only conceded 12 goals. Compare that um, to their their home record uh, where they've conceded 15. So it's a marginal improvement. Um, I expect goals. I think this game will end in a draw, um, which... Are, you know, probably doesn't help if results go unfavorably, but yeah, I think I can't separate them, and uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, speaking of Hanover, as we lean into them, they host Erzgebirge Hour. It's basically all our Saturday games managed to be um, in Group 2. Um, they've met on two occasions. I don't know why my note said 39. That's two. Uh, they met both times on the 2016-17 season. Uh, it was a win for Hanover in the first meeting at home uh, when they played in our. It was a two-all draw. Ha- Hanover seeking their second consecutive win under Keenan Kokach. Of course, our looking to bounce back from the defeat in Borkham. Um One team is incredibly home. You know, is really awful at home, and the other side is particularly bad away from home. Uh, this is like the, 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 the worst of two evils kind of scenario where neither, I'm not entirely sure either team really will want to win this game, but how do you see this one panning out? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I don't, be a one, I don't think it'd be the best spectacle in the world, I don't think. I mean, I've just noticed on your notes actually about that uh, Hanover winning once one draw, but that's somehow equaling 39. That's uh, some great math, so Matt. Yeah, just... Uh, uh, but no... Um, uh, yeah, it will be tough. I think our week, having watched them last week um, in, the, in the stadium, they do, they drop deep. They are much happier to come away from home with a, or go away from home and get a, and get a draw um, and then, and then go back to uh, back, back East. But um, I reckon that Hanover, have, I mean, they've got that win, which is a little bit of a manager bounce there. Um, they have an opportunity now to play a team who are not good travellers. Um, Hanover should, could nick this one, and that would be huge for Hanover in in terms of pushing them back up the league. Because as as we've seen so many times in this league, a couple of wins pushes you from being sort of near, pretty much in the relegation zone all the way up to mid table, and um, and that's all you really need to to propel like a, a, a sort of second win in the season. So. Um, Erzgebirg at Aoi, they're fine. 23 points after 15 games. It's not, again, not paramount that they win the game. It, I think come, you know two away games for them in a, in a row is, is a tough one to take. It's a tough one to have in the, in the fixture list, but then that will mean that you know they'll go at home next week, uh, the week after, rather. 
and they'll look to that one to be the one that they pick up points uh, and they won't be too worried I don't think even if they come away with a loss here but I I, I can see it being quite a, a dull nil-nil draw perhaps yeah I think it, it has based on you look at the two attacking outlets if you compare their home and away um, with Hanover and, and our Hanover have scored four times this season and teams that seem that typically drop back they seem to have all sorts of issues and, and it would be the surprise of no one if our revert to that lovely 5-4-1 Christmas tree type of formation where it just is defend and then look to counter um, it's yeah for some reason they've had all sorts of trouble against teams that sit back they don't cycle the ball particularly well and, and teams and you know considering the players they have the Vidance Dukes uh, Toykert um, in attack you'd expect a lot more for our they've only scored seven times on their travels which is you know two more than, than Osnabrück and Sandhausen but it is essentially the third worst along par with Dresden um, and Darmstadt so yeah on paper it doesn't look like a goodie but you never know these kinds of games, the, the, the non-goodies on paper can turn out to be the thrillers. So we'll wait and see, but a draw wouldn't be uh, too much of a surprise. We'll take our final break, and on the other side, we will get through our Group 3 games and, of course, your topic questions. But we'll start at the Continental Arena when Jan Regensburg hosts St. Pauli. Yes, it is Jan Regensburg and St. Pauli to kick us off in our final group games of the this episode of the Spider Bundesliga podcast. Uh, two sides that are coming off defeats. Of course, Jan Regensburg were smacked 4-1 at Karlsruhe. St. Pauli 1-0 defeat at home to Hanover. Uh, these two sides have met on six previous occasions and it is dead even across the board. Two wins, two draws, two wins for St. Pauli. Um, the last time they met, it was a 4-3 win for Pauli, uh, but they've never won in Regensburg. In fact, there's a weird stat where Regensburg have not won in Hamburg against St. Pauli. Uh, the two wins for both sides coming at home uh, and then the draws split either side. Uh, one key is to look at St. Pauli's away form this season. They've taken four points out of a possible 21. That is the second worst in the league against the Jan Regensburg side. That is steady at home but does have a relatively leaky defence. So, like maybe like their previous fixture, there's a good chance we'll see plenty of goals on the cards then. Yeah, I could see lots of goals going on um, happening in this game. However, uh, I mean, you just touched on it. Pauli are, I mean, they've been pretty woeful at times this season, um, for want of a, of a nicer word, really. But they have been poor, um, and uh, they've been particularly poor um, away from home. Uh, and Regensburg, despite the fact they've gone through a sort of a month or so where they've been sort of not great, a couple of few draws, only the one win in the past five games, uh, and then they lost last week um, against Karlsruhe. It's not uh, it's, it's not been great for them, but they are a good enough team and a steady enough side um, to, I presume or I think, uh, beat Pauli quite well. In the, in the game, I can kind of see a 3-1 victory for a Regensburg or even a 4-1. And I could even see this being the last game for Joss uh, in charge at Powley because Powley are just not good enough at the moment. They 
they should be doing a lot better. They have the fans, the stadium, the infrastructure behind them, um, the squad even to not that that would that should see them uh, comfortable mid table um, uh, in the fighting Bundesliga, but they are you know down with the Nuremberg's, the Hanovers, the Wiesbadens at the moment, and and it's not really good enough. Um, and I worry for them, and I think that this may be the end really if they lose here, and I think they will because I think as we said as you said here about the teams just able to win only able to win at home I think it will stay to time and I think Regensburg will win at home yeah I think they will as well and yeah, especially after the the showing in Karlsruhe I think they've got a point to prove that you know that was more or less a one-off uh, thing I, I also do agree with you that if they don't win I think Jos uh, the boss will be um, no more um which, yeah, I think his 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 stint at St. Pauli has been quite underwhelming as a whole, and and I think um, even the appointment, when you look back at it, was a bit of a questionable one anyway. Um, so yeah, I think I think Regan's booked to win, um, and yeah, I think their 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 travels, their form on their travels will continue to haunt them, St. Pauli, and it it becomes a really tricky situation where at the end of the match they they could even end up. Um, in the relegation zone if Wiesbaden and Nuremberg win so it's a tough one they need to start picking up points and if they don't um, yeah they don't want to be heading into Christmas in that bottom three it would be a bit of a disaster but we will wait and see Uh, a team that is actually in the bottom three bottom two bottom if you want to go even further is Dresden uh, as they host Sandhausen on Sunday Afternoon, they've met on 16 previous occasions. Six wins for Sandhausen, four for Dresden, four draws. They last met last season. Sandhausen, 3-1 winners. Um, surprisingly, Sandhausen have a really good record against Dresden. They've won four of the last five. But both of those defeats did come in Dresden. So, it is going to be a very tricky affair for Dresden and their new caretaker manager, Heiko Schultz. Can Dresden respond from the adversity that has been the start of their season? Uh, I think it will be tough if I'm honest. I don't think they're good enough. Um, I don't. Uh, I mean, they've just been woefully poor. Their only win is be, was an undeserved victory against Wiesbaden. Uh, their only win, sorry, in the last five games, mm-hmm. uh, and that really Wiesbaden deserved to win that. It was an absolute travesty that that Dresden managed to, to snatch uh, snatch that victory Sandhausen have been really solid uh, they've won two and drawn three of the last five they've been uh, a, you know not spectacular to watch by any means um, as I've highlighted many times and they don't score that many but they just don't concede that many and for a Dresden side that are so leaky at the back I reckon Sandhausen can score a couple and then sit back and be happy to to um, to, to sort of close out a game close out the victory in Dresden and, and it will be sad to see Dresden again fall further and further behind. Um, I have a particular, just a slight affinity for them, just, um, I guess, in part because of the way they were pouring the streak in the early 90s when their Oberliga and the Bundesliga fused. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they've just not been good enough, really. And and I, don't, I can't see that changing this weekend. Yeah, I I, I would lean towards the Sandhausen victory that, you look at the stats and you look at, I think, mean, goal difference is quite a, a different take. You have 
a team that is normally particularly really good at home. They've won three, amazingly, they've won three of the eight games they've played at home, but they're one of four sides that have a negative goal difference at home. Fifty, and, and that just seems strange. They've only scored nine Stop. times, which is just not good enough. And we know that. Um, we know that they're on paper, they're a much better side than they've been leading out to, to be. And, yeah, it, it's going to be one of those things that if they don't get a result here, geez, it, it just it gets harder, especially if the teams around you start picking up, continue to pick up points, and you don't want to be heading into Christmas malt, you know, two or even three games behind the group, and then then you just yeah, it's a cold, cold winter, um, in Europe, especially if you're you're that many points behind. But then I would almost suggest that you could just come to Australia and. And roast in the heat if you want to, but um, that's good to me. I'm yeah. so cold at the moment. By God. Well, at the moment it is actually it's been raining here in Adelaide. I think Melbourne in Victoria it's been snowing, and we're in the first few days of summer, so we're doing very well here. We've completely uh, that's odd. I, I'm pretty sure. No offense to our wonderful English viewership, but I'm, I'm a few of you must have come to Australia and brought your terrible summer with you. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not climate change. Definitely not. Yeah, it's it's definitely not climate change. Not definitely not. Definitely not. No. Who says, who says we don't talk about all the global issues? Come on. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is not just a Spider Bundesliga podcast. This is current affairs galore. We are very progressive in what we deliver. That is for sure. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> we'll get back to the football because this is what you guys mostly listen, want to listen to. Um, v Spartan and Dr- and Darmstadt is the final game of our match day 16 preview uh, they've met on 26 previous occasions Venn has won seven times Darmstadt 10 nine draws they last met in the 2013-14 Dritter Liga season uh, Darmstadt were winners by a goal to nil Darmstadt if you go back in history uh, Darmstadt have won four of the past five in all competitions uh, you actually have to go back to the 2011-12 season last time Venn beat uh, Darmstadt and if you want to go even further to the last home win, you have to go back to the Regional Liga Sud when Wiesbaden beat Darmstadt three goals to one back in 2006-07 season. So it is, it's been a while since uh, they've played and, and, and of course a home win for Wiesbaden over Darmstadt. Uh, on paper, this one very much isn't going to light the uh, the intrigue meters, but uh, maybe for the... Uh, for those who are who are more willing than others, this might be an, an interesting game. Uh, yeah. You look at two sides who, of course, need to keep winning. They and want to get out of the uh, the relegation zone, uh, whereas Darmstadt look to continue to rise up into mid table. Yeah, I I wonder why this is the last game on the preview list. <laughs> no. Hmm. <laughs> no, no, no reason at all. <laughs> Definitely not because this game is should be a game for the Dritter Liga or the Regional Liga Sud. No, um, uh, credit to Wiesbaden um, for their win last week. Darmstadt have recovered slightly after a very poor start to the season. They've gone, you know, won a couple of games, although they did lose last weekend. Um, this should be a, a, a closely fought game. I don't see it ending in a draw only because. I, one of these two teams need a win, basically. Both sides will be desperate to, to, to pick up a victory for Darmstadt. It'll be huge to pick them up to, to 21 points, which is where Sandhausen are, who we've been saying have done excellently this season. Um, and for Wiesbaden, a win could feasibly see them uh, get out of the bottom three for 
the first time perhaps since I, I'm not even sure when, but definitely for a, a very long time, if not the first time this season, maybe. Um, but uh, it's so it's a, it's a big it's a big opportunity for Wiesbaden, but they've been so poor at home. Uh, they leaked goals. Uh, Twenty-two of the thirty-two goals that they conceded to come at home. They've only won one of eight. Um, as your beautifully prepared statistics list uh, tells me. Um, uh, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it should be a tight game. I reckon that Wiesbaden will actually nick it. Um, I think Wiesbaden will be desperate to get a victory here. Um, it'll do a lot to the for the club and a, a lot for their for the team morale. For them to to nick one against Darmstadt, who have been pretty good of late, and and even with a loss here, I mean it's not ideal, but it's not going to put them into perilous danger just yet. I mean they could probably do a, a win to to give them a bit of a buffer, but I, I reckon Beesbaden might actually nick this one. I'm going to go the other way, and unlike the Cohen players who were singing Delian, 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 <laughs> oh, uh, I think Darmstadt. Will... Oh yeah. Oh. Put me on Eurovision. Um, Should yeah. Well, well, that happens. Euro Australasia vision. <laughs> exactly. What is what is Australia doing on Eurovision? But anyway, that's a, that's another side issue. But yeah, that's, anyway. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, but I do, what I do know is that Darmstadt will win this game. Um, well, I think they will win this game. Um, just on the fact that Wiesbaden are so unbelievably bad at home. And I still can't gr- gr- grasp the fact that they've given up so many goals in eight games at home this season. 22 is atrocious. But then you look at who they've given up big games to. I gave up five goals to Jan Regensburg, and that's just... you know I know, you, I know Regensburg did it last season at Hamburg, which was so nicely impressive, but Hamburg were terrible back then. Um, you know, they gave up... Big goals uh, to to Bielefeld, who of course Bielefeld have been bloody mega this season. Um, so yeah, it, it just all points to to me anyway. It points to what should be a, a Darmstadt win, um, and 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 another needed one for Demetrius Gramotzis. Um and and yeah, we'll see if they do come. And don't forget, so yeah, you look at look at I've I've just got their 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 score sheets from their home games. Um, and it's yeah, it's some pretty grim reading. They gave up three to Hanover, five to Regensburg, five to Bielefeld. And they gave up six in their last home game. In between the Bielefeld and Kiel game, they'd only given up one goal. So maybe, Yikes. maybe, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not holding my breath. I think Darmstadt <laughs> will win this one, uh, yeah. and they'll continue to climb mid-table, whereas Wiesbaden remain in the bottom two. Um, that's the preview done and dusted for another week. We do have one topic question and we'll bring it to you right now. Uh, it comes from Steel Penguin at Steel Penguin 3. It says, hello everybody. Keep up the great work with the podcast. We will. Um, we will definitely oh, Thank that. you. Uh, he's a good listener, Steel Penguin. One of our regulars. Oh, Steel we'll Penguin. Love. Legend. We love it. Uh, what clubs are the biggest surprise disappointments uh, of the season? I guess I'll start with the surprise which team has surprised you the most this season so far well you know what? i'll let you go first because you know I, I don't oh, want to steal your thunder okay um <laughs> i'll back keel only because i felt like they were going to regress uh under on well this season to be fair i did i didn't think that andre schubert was going to be the correct appointment 
and it proved to be quite right since uh, Oli Werner's taken over they've been much better they've they've more or less got back to the way of football that has made Kiel really enjoyable to watch uh, under under Walter and and even Marcus Hanfang um in their promoted year to the Spider Bundesliga so I think Kiel has been the team that has probably surprised me you could easily make a case for our um but I think considering the start of the season Kiel had where they were at one stage, you know, 17th, I think, yeah, I think Kiel for me. What about you? Um, yeah, I, think I was I was going to lean towards our way, to be fair. I mean, our way have been, have made their home ground like a fortress, really, um, which is um, really, has been really impressive, really, considering that many tipped them to go down uh, to be fifth um, nearly half the way through the season is pretty impressive. I think also got to have massive, Big shout outs to Osnabrück, really, and, and Karlsruhe, who have been. Osnabrück had a, had a bit of a, a dodgy period at time for a few weeks where they were wavering at the bottom of the table. But um, of late, they've been really solid and they've been um, a great addition to the uh, Spice of Bundesliga, I think. Um, played some decent football, racked up some points, um, caused a few upsets as well. And the same to Karlsruhe. I mean, Karlsruhe have just been really steady. Um, which is probably um, indicative of the fact that they deserve to be in the league as well. I mean, I know they've drawn so many games, but they've just to only lose four games out of 15 coming into a new league, being promoted is really impressive. Um, so uh, kudos to those two sides. Um, in terms of the team that underperformed the, 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 work the most, I mean, you have to look at the sides 14 to 16 or even 14 to 18. You could pick any one of those. I mean, apart from Wiesbaden, who you'd expect to go down, Hanover, Nuremberg, just relegated from the Bundesliga. I mean, they they seem. I mean, Hanover, I I thought would come straight, go straight back up, but they've been desperately bad this season. Uh, Pauli as well, and then I mean, you, you, there's a case to be had to, to say that Stuttgart are underperforming as well. Stuttgart really should be running away with this league. They are the best team on paper, um, and uh, they've just not. They've just not performed well enough, really, of late. And to have five losses in 15 for Stuttgart is just not good enough. So I am going to say, but I am going to go with, I think, Hanover, just because at least Stuttgart are in the promotion playoff places, whereas Hanover are teetering over the edge of relegation. Yeah, I pretty much hit the nail on the head there. I'll, I'll back Nuremberg just for the fact that they were uh, the team that I had finishing third heading into the season and they have been well, uh, well, well at least they're third somewhere but uh, just third bottom <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually funny because last season I had Duisburg finishing third and I got relegated so I mean yeah it's uh, you know we'll see sound good yeah, yeah. <laughs> well they're top of the Dritz Liga so I mean that they'll be back next season at the way it's no, going so, yeah. good so uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've I've won them a trophy. That's what's really happened. But um, um <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, yeah, they're just so bad. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm amazed at the way they've been. They're so they're just they've been. The, the thing is, like Hanover, they've been really bad at home. Um, and it's been such a disappointment. I think uh, overall, you look at the landscape of it and. Yeah, with the talent that they have on their team, it's just, yeah, it's been a massive disappointment and I think they need to do better. And um, yeah, and on, on that note, um, thank you for listening. Uh, I know that we've probably gone a lot over time. This might be a little bit longer than the regular uh, listening. Um, but, yeah, well... Strap in. 
<laughs> yeah, strap in, grab a coffee, uh, however you do it. Um, we appreciate you listening, of course. Um, Gabriel, thanks for coming on once again. Thank you very much for having me. That's our pleasure. And until next time, we hope you enjoy your weekend of Spider Bundesliga football. Goodbye for now.